So on tonight's episode, we will be discussing uh, a, a Lupin episode that deals with some heavy subject matter involving sexual assault, um, abuse, gaslighting, and, and school shootings. So if that's not your cup of tea, it's more than, you're more than welcome you know, to sit this one out because, you know, it's a lot, but we're going to try to, you know, do our best to discuss it respectfully. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Finn's Room. <clears throat> I mean, welcome to Sideburns and Cigarettes, uh, a Lupin the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey-faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. We are covering all of the animated and live-action entries in the Lupin the Third franchise in mostly chronological order, and this is our weekly reaction series to Part 6, Ladies' Night. Tonight we'll be covering Episode 6... Episode six. Oh God! Episode um, <laughs> episode twenty-two of part six. Uh, my mother's documents. I think I'd rather discuss episode six. Which one was that? Yeah. Um, that was the one right before the terrible Sherlock episode. Yeah. Was that the Hemingway one? No, no, that was um the second part of the. Uh, that was episode the... four. That was the throwback episode. You know where they revealed the. The time travel thing. I forget what the episode was titled. Oh, the Isekai okay. episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would rather just cut that one in this one. But we'll uh, yes. Yeah. And so I am Drew. <laughs> I am the amazing Chris Godby. <laughs> we need to get better with that. That I am Natalie. I don't mind being <laughs> last because, you know, save the best for last. Thank you. Fashionably late. Keep you. <laughs> I like the way you think, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. And so to kick off our roundtable discussion about this episode, uh, Natalie, how did you feel about this one? I have very mixed feelings about it, mainly because um, what I say is true. Um, this episode really did need a um, trigger warning. Co- See, here's the thing. Um, full disclosure, I am probably one of the strongest people in terms of my mental health, like I have my off days, I have my, I do have a lot of off and bad days. But I never saw the need to have content warnings for a lot of things that I watch. Like, I am a I am a sexual abuse survivor. But yet, I've I watch Outlander. And and in Outlander, um, almost everybody has a rape story. And it's not like vividly shown. But it's explicit. And that didn't bother me that much. It wasn't like it took me back to that deep, dark place um, in my mind. But also on that note, I have seen somebody right in front of my face being murdered by a gun violence. So that one scene in particular, um, the one that literally looked like it was shot in Columbine high school. Like, I don't know why my mind went to that. Um, But that's what deeply affected me with that episode along with um, the gaslighting 
the um what was it again there was gaslighting the mention of sexual abuse and again like i've watched things that it's like oh it's part of the plot line and it didn't bother me and then suddenly why does this bother me and i guess it's because i kind of felt like what you said drew with um the episode about the deep fakes i guess i wanted heavy subject matter out of my lupon Mm -hmm. but that being said I i thought i'd get all the um drama and um heavier points out of the of the episode out of the way i did think it was interesting because it really does it 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 opens more questions than it does answers about tomoy and like what is this woman up to and my other my other thing about it is it's like on the first half it kind of reminded me of the musical mamma mia where um uh, (laughs) where sophie is like um or i can't even remember the main character's name when she's going through her mom's diary to try to figure out who her real you know who her biological father is and then the song honey honey plays like i was like oh this is basically mama mia and then suddenly you get to the really creepier parts of the episode and then it becomes a (laughs) true crime podcast with um with the character finn also how is finn a girl's name unless her name is finnica but we'll get more into that (laughs) And so, uh, Chris, how did you feel about this one? To be honest, to be honest with you, I didn't like it. Although something I do think is interesting is that we are apparently recording this episode on March fourteenth, one day after Finn's birthday. Oh wow! Didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, it, it shows up twice in the episode that her birthday is uh, March thirteenth. Huh? Coincidence? I think not. No, no, it probably is, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, again, I didn't. I didn't care for the episode all that much. It, uh, to borrow a term from the uh, Stone Age Gamer podcast, like this, this is something I have a problem with Part Six in general. But a lot of it is kind of going into what they call anime nonsense, and it's just you know I expect something different from Lupin the Third. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I. Uh, well, one thing I did appreciate though was that the character from my favorite episode of this series so far. Makes a quick cameo, talking about. Oh, uh, Lynn. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was great. I will admit, yeah, that, that, nice. that was a, that was great. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was a cute little callback. I, I liked it. And at least she had her glasses on. Hell yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, uh, I thought the subject matter was just, which is too dark and unsettlingly realistic. Because, mm-hmm. like, at least if, the woman called Fujiko Mine touched some themes like this, but they still did it in a very stylized way. Yeah. Which, you know, that's one of my favorite things about that particular series. But this one played a lot more realistically. And also, not a whole lot happens. Mm. Wow, my southern accent came out really bad on that one, didn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> Let me try again. I, I find it adorable. Just leave it. It's great. <laughs> Nevertheless, not much goes on. It's... <laughs> Like hopefully something will come of all this, but as is like as in the standalone episode, which I just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Although the bit about uh, Jean and Goemon going for the fish with, before Lupin gets a chance to that was that was kind of amusing. But <laughs> it's sort of like it's sort of like the movie Dead or Alive. Like every time Lupin and the gang are on screen, you know, it's better. It's just they're minor characters and what should be their own story. Mm. And again, this could all be building up to something. Um, it was kind of neat that uh, Matias showed up again. 
Mm-hmm. You know, getting a little bit more uh, possible insight to what her whole deal is. But, yeah. Didn't like it. How about yourself, Drew? Uh, um... I'm going to join the uh, the kind of round table of, huh? Yeah, it, 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 I, I'm also of two minds about it. On one hand, I will also get my negatives out of the way. This does fall under that exact, as you mentioned, Natalie, the thing I mentioned, like where I don't want, it, it, like whatever it is, like the super real world stakes in Lupin don't mm-hmm. interest me as much. And this was, well, I say that there's there's kind of a push and pull that that the the uh, what was that episode called? Fakes attracts lies didn't have. Where on one hand, this does have some of the very unsettling, unexpectedly heavy real world stuff, but there's also this odd aspect of whatever is going on with Tomoe and her like hypnotism, pretty much. That was an interesting, again, I'm of two minds. On one hand, I don't like the direction or the tone. But on the other hand, I still found it interesting in places if that makes any sense. I'm kind of torn on it because I, I, I like the aspects of, um, this is not the direction I was expecting to go with Tomoe, with her being quite this sinister, at least seemingly. Yeah, the whole aspect of Tomoe's hypnotism, like it appeared that Anna, the Finn's caretaker, was somehow under that and broke free when um, Finn had her breakdown, which was, I don't understand, but at the same time, I'm intrigued by it. Because there's there's this whole thing with like Anna watching in the doorway with like her like her eyes are just blank. There's like nothing behind them. Which we saw that with uh, Matias as well, didn't we? Yes, yes, we did. Right, right before she attacks um, Ari. So right, mm-hmm. got her main lady. Yeah, it, it has that um, that like nugget of kind of the far fetched aspect of Lupin, which I like. Like maybe if we get this whole thing, we're like you know. I don't know. I, I get. I don't know how to feel about it because while you've got like this interesting aspect of Tomoe and the hypnotism and everything, I appreciate that they handled the subject matter in this episode when it's like at least I think they did with some tact, and it wasn't done like it didn't feel exploitative, like say Ami's backstory in part five. Oh yeah, just being dropped like out of nowhere, and then them like having her constantly try to you know be seductive with Lupin and other characters, which felt a little ham-fisted is a very kind way of putting it. There's a meaner mm-hmm. way to put it, which is just awfully written, but you know either one. Um, I think I think exploitative works. Yeah, like it didn't feel exploitative. It actually felt like it was quite tactful. You know, it's not over the top. Honestly, they got so much through with little lines of dialogue and like nuances within the characters' performances and everything. But I mean, and like as Chris mentioned, we'll see how it pays off. I just wonder if it was necessary for this story, especially for like the way the tone has been in part six. Cause like, 
yeah, the Tomoe episodes have been like a little heavier, a bit more introspective, but this adds a very different layer to it. And I'm I'm wondering, like, you know, this whole thing with Finn and her mother and Sean and Alan, are they even going to like be mentioned again? Are they going to come back? Was this just kind of an offhanded way to show how Tomoe's influence is, you know, kind of widespread and sinister? Because it feels like this is very jarring. Yeah, I don't think that these secondary characters um, are going to make a comeback, especially since, you know, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe mention. Uh, they're just using it as an excuse. Yeah, well, I, I don't think they're going to come back at all. I, I don't mean, Lupin mm-hmm. does this thing, of, you know, the Lupin series does this thing of, of like introducing uh, one off characters and they're literally one off. They rarely, if ever, come back again, which is why, like, mm-hmm. Lynn coming back was, you know, Lynn of Wangtik was. Um, <laughs> What's the breath of fresh air and interesting? Again, it's mm-hmm. not the first time that they'll they'll have second one-off characters come back, but at the same time, it, it really happens. Um, but, you know, again, this episode is going to be heavy in terms of talking about the subject matter that is in the episode. And my personal thing, because Chris, you brought up that there was this thing about, you know, using sexual abuse as a... Um, as a plot device, um, they did it in Woman Called Fujiko Mine. But Woman Called Fujiko Mine, especially for me in my history, didn't really upset me. Again, like I've, I've watched Outlander. Outlander and probably um, Woman Called Fujiko Mine and even to a lesser extent Sons of Anarchy have like have these scenes that do have um, sexual abuse that are that are pretty heavy in its, in, in, in its use of it that I'm just like. I rarely have those moments where I'm like, I am not uncomfortable, especially because women called Fujiko Mine did it in, I want to say, the most graceful way as possible. Like, mm. yes, it was there, but it wasn't like... It was also handled, like I said before, a lot more stylishly, I think. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where, what I was where, trying to say. this week's episode, it felt more realistic, more grounded, you know, more serious. and mm-hmm. Which, I mean, like it was serious in the Fujiko series as well, but... You know, it was it was presented better, I thought. Yeah. Mm. And again, like with, with Outlander, um, the only time that it was ever really like explicit was um, Jamie's sexual abuse in the first season. And I remember one of my fav- favorite video essays was like, oh, my goodness. And I thought Game of Thrones was bad. And I don't know why it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because a <laughs> little side note here, but. I read the first Outlander book when I was in high school and it helped me come to terms with my own abuse, because after what happens to Jamie, and he has this like moment in the second book of like trying to forgive his um his abuser and trying to like live with what happened that really helped me out in in one of the darkest deepest moments of my life um with this in this episode it was just touched upon very briefly but i was even like "Mm." Mm -hmm. and it was even after the gun violence which was even like like I, I didn't even catch it my first time watching it. Like oh, I, I like okay. like I completely missed what the implications were. Mm-hmm. Mm. But watching it the second time today, I I yeah, I'm not quite sure how I missed it. <laughs> but you know, with I I think I'm at least thankful that they didn't show physically what happened. They just mentioned oh yeah definitely it. because yeah. I, I I'm again I'm not 
I'm not so angry whenever Lupin has a realistic route. I've ridden Lupin. Uh, you know, we call it the Tom Clancy Lupin. I've ridden some Tom Clancy Lupin. And yes, I've even ridden some implications of sexual abuse in my Lupin story. However, um, <laughs> I've never explicitly show it because it doesn't need to be seen. So I mm. am thankful for that. It was just the gun violence and the gaslighting that was just like, yeah, no, I, I don't like this episode. Mm-hmm. Was he like... You know, I think like not showing you know the sexual assault was definitely a good move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like showing the suicide was not a good move. No, it wasn't. Like I'm not yeah. saying yeah. no. It's, it's like it's like they could have easily cut away, you know, right before the gunshot. You mm-hmm. know, had to hear it and you know still had the same impact. I think. Yeah, like don't like don't get me don't misconstrue my words people and think i'm okay watching sex sexual abuse but i'm but i draw the line at gun violence no that's not what i'm saying here i'm saying like they're they (laughs) they both are triggering some people react differently to the others i just have a more visceral um emotional feeling towards gun violence (laughs) than i do and i'm laughing nervously not as a joke Mm -hmm. than i do with sexual assault and that probably speaks more to me as a, as a um, survivor than it does anything else. But mm-hmm. um, I think my other thing with showing something as explicitly, it's like going back to part five. We, we love digging on part five, but <laughs> I know for, I don't know for some reason, but like the, the first three episodes of the Ami arc, and then you learn her backstory. Did I felt at that time, did we really need to know did, did her backstory have to go that dark? Mm-hmm. That's, that was just my only question when I watched it. Especially when, when I had to put two and two together and was like, this dude, and I'm talking about Lupin, this dude comes up on this young woman and she's in her chonies, which is Spanish for underwear. She's in her underwear. And for some I reason, this series, us. like, you know, zooming into that yeah. just because she had a gun there. And it's like, no, no, honey, no. Yeah. yeah, it's like I feel like, like you know, like in Ami's case, you can't really use the excuse like, "Where, where, where else? Where else was you going to hide the gun?" I don't know. You're in the writers. Figure something out. Yeah, like why you didn't I have to write that pants? way. Like, okay, I love being out of my out and proud in my underwear at home, but sometimes pants is necessary. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, you're also you're also not, you know, a 19 year old who is, you know, developmentally stuck at like 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe the implication with Ami. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that was a different series. Yeah, yeah. With this, um, again, it's like I, I know we're focusing on it too much, but it's just like eh. it's, it's a pretty major part of the episode, though. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I just found myself, I found it hard to care. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, you know, like Finn's an all right character and all. It's just she's not the reason I'm here. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and and like you know, like there, you know, it's there's nothing new with like shifting the focus away from Lupin the Third and his gang, and you know, like like Lupin is important to uh, you know the plot's resolution in this episode, uh, such as it is, but it just again, it just felt like I was watching a play different series. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you know the subject matter, uh, the way the story was told. Uh, once again, you know the character designs are just it, too it anime. Yeah, too much anime nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to quote my other favorite podcast, it's mm-hmm. 
which I like. I know I keep coming back to the thing about the character design, but that really irks me. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, we want to look at topic here, but you know, Monkey Punch's inspiration was mainly Mad Magazine and Tom and Jerry, with a little bit of a, uh, you know, Osama Tezuka. So yeah, just seeing you know Lupin a third, you know, character designs go into what you know more standard anime style. It it's it's bothered me since day one about the series, but I managed to overlook it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Not sure what I'm getting so upset about now, but <laughs> no, I'm with you there. I mean, I I know it's an anime, but you know, I've mentioned this before. To me, one of my it doesn't you know, have to look is, like it. Well, <laughs> one of the one of the things is I love making fun of my roommates because they're one of those like they're one of those anime fans that watches anime on the regular. They catch up every on every episode on Crunchyroll, you know, the subtitles over dubs kind of people. And and I make fun of them lovingly, and I tell them, "Oh my god, you goddamn weeaboos!" But then they look at me and my Lupin shelf, and it's like, "Well, what do you explain? What do you explain this?" And it's like, "Okay, look, Lupin never felt anime to me, and it always felt like a Western cartoon to me. It felt just like it, it like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar: The Last Airbender doesn't feel like a cartoon for me. It feels like an anime mm-hmm. made in America." Americans can make anime. I mean, here it is. Here's a perfect example of it. And so I really, I really do get that when like Lupin, especially like, again, I talk about how the most exciting night I had last night with Lupin was, was watching, um, you know, the, the terrible princess of the breeze. Uh But even then, aside from the other stuff that was bad about it, um, a lot of the characters aside from the ugly ass baby looked very anime. And it was just like, it's so out of place for me because yes. of Lupin and, and how I'm used to watching Lupin. But that's a whole nother take on another episode of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> how, how did I describe it in the Discord this morning? You know, remember, Cal- remember Caliostro? It's like that, but with big anime titties this time. And it's like, it's like maybe that would be interesting if I hadn't seen Caliostro Cal- rehashed a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, I think we can at least step aside from the heavy subject matter with the episode and and go on heavier topic, but more lighter. And that is this this thing of gaslighting and what does Tomoe actually do? Because mm-hmm. there's another person on social media who keeps pointing out this whole thing about the animation of the eyes. And like, I... I started catching on on it too today. And and this isn't an anime thing. This is about like how Tomoe has a specific eye color and Lupin has it. Matea has it. Hazel had it. um, Mercedes had it. And Finn and her mother have it. Mm -hmm. And my thing is now, you know, trying, you know, I'm trying to put the pieces of the puzzle here with Tomoe and what exactly is she doing? And what I was able to figure out and you guys can chime in is like, her tutoring, tutoring in air bunnies, her tutoring sessions are what? Brainwash sessions? Because that's what it's yeah, starting to feel it. like. Mm-hmm. Especially because Finn's mother, Marielle, what's her name? She didn't fall for it, apparently. Mm-hmm. But yet, but I don't, but am I, am I overreaching and thinking that Anna, the, the lady that lived in the house, felt more susceptible to it than Marielle mm-hmm. did? No, I agree. Is that what happened? I think so. It like th- that seems to be heavy implication because there's all those shots of her in the doorway, and there was one specific. And I forget where exactly it is, but there's a moment when she comes up to watch uh, Finn in her room, and she has that blank, you know, like kind of uh, kind of hazed out pupil, 
And then like it mm-hmm. does a crossfade right. to the past where she was watching uh, Mario meet Tomoe for the first time. And that looks not in her eyes in that moment. So it's kind of like transitioning from like after Tomoe's influence to before. And like, I, I, so, so are you guys suggesting that uh, Tomoe may have hypnotized the wrong person? Accidentally? That, that's what I'm saying. Possibly, that, like, yeah. Um, I didn't even consider that. Mario didn't fall for it because I, I need to rewatch the episode, but I feel like the reason why Mario didn't fell for it and instead, unfortunately, died in childbirth was because she was able to overcome um, what happened, you know, Tomoe's hypnotism or whatever. And Anna fell susceptible to it. And it makes a lot of sense, especially like the one scene I'd like to point out is um, Anna this whole time um, feels that Finn is Mario. And mm-hmm. then there's a scene right. where Anna is knitting and she looks at Finn and she's like, yeah, I'm knitting this for, you know, for the baby. And it's like, Finn isn't pregnant. Mario was the, right. was the one with the teen pregnancy. So it's like, I get it. This woman was hypnotized and she's still mentally stuck 15 years ago. Mm, that's yep. what, that's why like, I hate to sound like a like I have my own Pepe Sylvia board over this episode <laughs> in Tomoy, but things are starting to unravel for me. And it's like, Oh, it hurts my own head now. Yep. Yeah. I, like I said, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't even consider that. I I think I was operating under the assumption that, uh, you know, Anna was like, you know, an agent of Tomoe's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she'd been planted there or something. Which, let's be honest, is probably more likely. But I like your guys' hypothesis better. Mm. And, there, man, yeah, I, I haven't even considered that. It's actually kind of cool. Tomoe managing <laughs> to slip up like that. But mm-hmm. here's another thing about Tomoy. This bitch got to be like over 200 years old because how the fuck was she able? No, really. Like <laughs> jokes aside, how old is this bitch? Because she's tutored Lupin. God knows how old he is. Then there's Matea. There's Hazel. And it's three generations of, of Finns. What I mean is like Finn, her yeah. mother, Marielle, and apparently Mario's mother was tutored right. by this woman. Mm-hmm. And just because the age gap is small between Finn and Marielle, because Marielle had her at 16, how old is Tomoe? Like, <laughs> bitch, be, bitch be looking good. That, 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 that's the element that, like, I like about the episode and that has me still. I mean, that, that's one nice thing I can say about this arc at this point compared to the Sherlock arc. At least I still care. Um, because <laughs> by, by this point in the Sherlock arc, I was just ready, you know, for this thing to just end and end my suffering. But with this one, like, I'm actually curious <laughs> to see where this goes because the whole aspect of a, you know, like, you know, how long has Tomoe been doing this? What exactly is she doing? What hold does she have? What is over she these up people? to? Yeah. Like, 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 again, like, Lupin says she? In, like, what are you plotting? And Chris, exactly. What is like Tomoe supposed to be? And like, if they stick the landing with whatever this is, I think I can forgive maybe this one episode. I don't know if I can forgive it because this gets, Again, incredibly heavy. Because, like, if it was just mm-hmm. the gaslighting thing, that is heavy, but you can do that tactfully and, like, have that be part of the character. When you add that on top of the assault and then the whole school shooting thing, it's just... I was kind of bummed mm-hmm. out after watching it. You're just kind of like... Because that... Again, not to get too much into it, that school shooting scene is so haunting. And, like, it, it, it's, yeah. that, it's that security camera angle... Like that, 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 that static, super objective, like here's just real world, real world violence portrayed as it happens. It's nasty. It's kind of terrifying. 
That was well, I don't an know. odd touch. I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't know if it's because we're Americans or anything, or if you're like me, you spend a lot of time watching documentaries. And one of my favorite documentaries, honestly, is Bowling for Columbine, um, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Moore. And yes, if you ever look up, there is this, you know, um, Ask Mortician did an episode on this on why are we fascinated with Columbine mm-hmm. um, and school shootings in general. And a lot of the documentaries on Columbine do show that particular security camera scene in of all places the cafeteria of the school so that's why when i watched it and i and i was more unnerved because what it ha- what i i had seen and i didn't have you know full disclosure what happened to me i didn't see it at school i saw it on a public transit system of all things and you know you're looking at the scene and <laughs> nervously i'm watching it and i'm like why does it remind me of that fateful day in columbine high school april 20th 1999 mm. like i'm sorry to get super specific but that's what it felt like and i mentioned it on the discord i'm like yeah this is like no i'm not i'm not cool with this and um mm. maybe i could forgive it maybe i could also forgive the gaslighting because again i am super intrigued unlike mm-hmm. sherlock i am super intrigued with how this is going because Tomoy, you know, Kuala Lupin, what the fuck are you up to? And how old are you? <laughs> what, what are you? Hey, never ask woman her age. You can ask me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to lie anyway. I'm just playing. <laughs> um, now, to, to, to venture away from the heavy subject matter once again, um, the inclusion yeah. of uh, Matea in this episode was interesting. That moment where she's on the train tracks. You know, like listening to uh, the Finn's room, you know, kind of Twitter live thing. In that moment, I have never rooted for a Trey Moore since I watched Thomas the fucking Tank Engine when I was like a little kid. I, I wanted. I, I was like, I was just like, please. Because, you know, it's that meme where it's like, you know, oh, like, oh, God, he's, she's on the train track. She's wearing your earbuds. Oh, God, someone help. Or I'm like, no, 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 no. Keep your earbuds in. Keep walking. Let's just get this over with. And then she jumps out of the way. And I was like, man. I don't know. Honestly, I, I find Matia pretty fascinating as an antagonist. Oh yeah, because, especially because like you know she was originally presented as being you know yet another yet another Clarice, yeah, you know, type yeah. because God knows we have enough of those. And then <laughs> no, you know, the revelation that she turns out to be you know an assassin, unhinged, and, yeah. right, and working for Tomoe. I thought that was incredibly fascinating. Oh yeah, no, I agree, but I do agree with Drew that I was like, yes, run over, run over. Fuck. <laughs> Where it's like, you know, it's like, nah. you know, I don't know Ari that much, but I felt really bad when she got stabbed. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but, but also, I, I, I do agree, Chris. Like, I, I, I love the aspect because, again, I was like, it, it was the second episode of this arc where, you know, Lupin comes to visit her at the hospital. And it's really sweet. And I was like, it's once again that thing where it's like, hey, guys, it's totally not Clarice, you know, small brunette who's frail. And, you know, she's going to learn the meaning of life along the way. Or I'm kind of like, oh, great. Get in line. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, I do like the aspect of her being kind of this unhinged psychopath due to whatever the hell Tomoe did to her. Again, like, this episode is very uncomfortable. And, like, I don't think I'm going to revisit it super often. But I am still invested, mm-hmm. which is more than I can say for the last arc. I'm going to keep yeah. hammering this home. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. 
yeah, two watches for me was enough. Yeah. But again, I am super intrigued for um for the fin- you know, I'm re- I'm ready to cross that finish line. Like I like to think mm-hmm. of this as like I was doing that I was doing that marathon and for some reason some rando just came up to me, punched me really hard in the gut <laughs> to the point where it almost induced vomiting. <laughs> but yet I'm uh. still ready to complete this race. I'm aching, but I'm still ready to complete this race. <laughs> I, I feel like you kind of got lost in your metaphor there for a second. <laughs> you know, you, know, you got it, it kind of sounded metaphor good in my head. Hey, it replicates the feeling, you know what I mean? Shrug yeah, yeah, like, emoji. Yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of got lost by halfway through, but then you managed to bring it right back. <laughs> Again, shrug emoji. <laughs> also, you know, speaking of the whole bit with the train, I don't quite get what was up with that. It was interesting. Like, I guess her reflexes maybe are like super attuned. She's smart. Or to show Matea like, that she doesn't really care. I mean, yeah. I like I, I if I if I'm going back to the theory that Matea is probably the real actual child. This girl probably has a lot of emotional damage. And I don't know about you guys if you've ever been to that dark place in your mentality where pain doesn't bother you anymore, or just you know you do things for the sake of not caring. Like, mm. you know, example, example of mine, I didn't care about getting run over. So I ran in without looking or I didn't care about getting to a car accident. So I didn't wear my seatbelt like those kind of things. Mm. Well, personally, I think that that whole bit with the train was just an excuse for, to do some animation in the episode. <laughs> that way it's not just all talking heads for tw- a half hour. I mean, yeah, most of the exposition did feel like a Mamoru Oshii episode, but at least the Mamoru Oshii episodes had a little bit more. I mean, some people people got bored. Some people were intrigued. That's all I'm going to say. That's what it felt like. It was just, you know, just talking heads for the whole time. And I feel like that whole bit with Mattia and the train was just a reason, you know, to animate more than just mouths moving. Mm -hmm. Although even then it was still really weirdly done. Like mm-hmm. the trains came behind her, the thing she's drinking ends up in the air, and then she's just like suspended in midair for a moment. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't understand. Again, shrug emoji. <laughs> you know, and with the with those Oshi episodes, some people were, you know, you know, some people were off put and some people were intrigued and the former are wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Drew. <laughs> Some people really like the Yoshi episodes, and some people are wrong. I agree. Exactly. You know, it's okay to be wrong. We don't. We don't hold any grudges here. It's just all three of us are um, right. Well, maybe. <laughs> but um, okay. So the funniest aspect I think of this really like emotionally heavy episode has to be Finn's discover. Well. Aside from the fish, I will say this, the fish, (laughs) oh, the fish made me hungry for some Mexican fried fish. And it's like, it's Lent. So it's like, I'm ready to tell my mom on Friday, can we go to a Mexican restaurant and just get fried fish? Because I'm down. (laughs) But. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Um, and the whole thing with the fish was a cute gag, but that's pretty much all it was. yeah, Yeah, but. My the interesting aspect I feel aside from you know what is Tom I up to is that this whole journey that Finn that Finn herself is taking in discovering her her mother her history is that for some reason then again I shouldn't say shit because I do I do talk about myself on the pod this bitch does a podcast on it if you could call it a podcast <laughs> a live podcast maybe 
Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like she was streaming like on Twitter live or something. Cause I know on, on Lee Sparks, yeah. uh, excellent review, which I will link in the show, because if you were kind of confused by the episode, it kind of helps to break things yeah. like, down. So, I, um, oh, man, yeah, I, was, I was completely baffled and, and, and his review helped me out, helped me piece I, together what was going on so well. Yeah, thank you so much, Lee. I am not going to lie. I, I I concur with my fellow co-hosts because immediately after I finished watching the first episode and I let myself emotionally recover, I read your review just to get a little hindsight. And, you know, I think this is one of the first times I read your reviews where it really did help me. So I personally want to say thank you as well. You magnificent bastard. I read your review. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that, that I felt so bad for her because when she was first streaming, you could tell that no one was there because me, I, I was watching with Becca and we paused it. We we're like, wait, we're like, she's on Twitter and there's followers and her mic's on, but like nobody's there. And then like when Matea joined, she's like, oh, you know, the first person's like, even though it's just one person, I'm glad that you're here. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, how do we feel? Oh God, that hurt us on an emotional level. Let's face it, all three of us, we've been there, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you mean we're not we're not there right now? You mean we're not there right now? I mean, I don't want to pick up Finn, but we have at least, you know, like on on average about a hundred and nineteen more listeners than she has. I'm sorry, Finn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like I, I, I kind of know what she's going through though, because like, you know, I tried doing a Twitch stream once while I was playing Super Mario World. I ended up with like one and a half viewers. So. What's no. half? Uh, I'm sorry. That's a legitimate. That's a legitimate question. You catch someone that. who didn't have a twitch. Someone who didn't have a Twitch account. Uh, and it was only on, it was only part of the stream for a few minutes. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so. <laughs> but no. Also, sometimes I kind of question. This isn't a dig on us, but sometimes I question because I, I listen to us. You know. Just to rem- remind myself to put to put myself in my place and to humble myself, but when I see that like certain episodes and their viewpoint, I'm like, are we sure this isn't me just frequently listening to th- these episodes over and over again because I'm bored? <laughs> hey, drive that listenership up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it boosts up it's like when up. you buy your own candy when you're. No, it's like when you buy your own cookies and you're the Girl Scout. <laughs> <laughs> or whenever you make an edit to your webcomic site and then have to keep refreshing the page to see what changed <laughs> no just me okay um, <laughs> man I, I really hope we didn't drive any potential listeners away when we introduced this as Finn's room before Cyber and Cigarettes <laughs> we should just call it Finn's room <laughs> No, 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 uh, no. We, no. We don't want our viewership or our listenership to go down. We don't want to plummet to <laughs> maybe one or two listeners a week. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Finn. No disrespect. <laughs> but yeah, the Girl Scout analogy is only because it's still Girl Scout season. Buy Girl Scout cookies, people. Support those little girls and their entrepreneurship skills. This is not sponsored. I just really love their product because the second ingredient listed is crack. Get those You're thin welcome. mints. <laughs> Samoas. Get those fin mints. <laughs> hey! One. And that's the title of the episode. <laughs> fin mints. <laughs> I like it. Oh, you know, God, uh, but... oh, nice. Speaking of, speaking of Finn's name, uh, considering the names listed in the back of uh, 
what's her name? Uh, Mario's diary. Mm-hmm. That would mean that we've had three Chris's on the show now because Chris was one of the names listed on the back. Ah, hey, well, Mario, it means there would have been another Emma because Emma, yeah, I, I think I one of the too. names, yeah, one of the names that pointed out to me was Emma. Hi, mm-hmm. Emma, we love you. And uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, it, I still it wouldn't question. Really have today because then we well, could have pointed out, but well, I still question the the name because Finn is not a girl's name and I was like maybe Finnica but I'm like no that's not even a name either I just thought of Finnick O'Dare from Hunger Games which is a dude's <laughs> name so it's like how is Finn a feminine name that's my only question I have a lot more questions but I think for that one maybe uh, Mario wasn't really in her right mind oh, yeah, or maybe she was, she was dying. going to uh yeah. I mean, I've never died, but I imagine that doing so probably messes with your mind a bit. <laughs> you, put that, you put that on a plaque. <laughs> I imagine doing so messes with your mind a bit. Amazing for <laughs> You're welcome. They don't come to be amazing for nothing. What's it going to tell them to? But anyway. But- well, the few times, you know, we've talked a lot about Tomoe, Finn, Marielle, but the few times that the gang were in the episode, again, there was no, but there was no Zenigata for like, well, no, actually, no, there was. There was Zenigata for five seconds with, um, hey, he two with Lynn. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end when they see the Aurora Borealis, but also, um, the, the gang themselves, <clears throat> like, can we just appreciate how like Lupin writes, I'm going north. And the and you know his besties are just right behind him, like yeah. true ride or die. Like, oh, Lupin's going north. Well, we're going north. Let's get. Let's go. That was you great. know, I mean, it it would have it would have at least been nice for Lupin to have told them he was going north instead of just go ahead and leave him and uh, you know leaving it behind. The, they're so used to it, though. Imagine that's a kind of flight anyway. So yeah, I, I, that's why I'm like, this isn't the, you know this this is coming to me like this isn't the first time um, oh, no. <laughs> that he's done Which, that. I mean, I mean, it's like it's like with me and Maria how we'll DM each other and it's like, oh, I'm on my way for my mom's. She knows I'm on my way, but why do I have to tell her? <laughs> I mean, but you know, also at the same time, writing notes that's just in Lupin's blood. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's like it's something he does all the time and right. Kino's grandfather exactly. <laughs> probably his dad too um allegedly but, his grandfather but also i think the cutest thing in regards to lupon showing up is he had his suspicions on how, what would happen to finn and her mentality and when he goes into the house to say to quote unquote help her or save her, I love how at the end he just has flowers at the ready and Kanichi Kurata in his most adorable English happy birthday, Finn. And it's like, yeah. okay, this basically saved the episode. That was cute. For me. Yeah, it was. I agreed. Like, so I'd rather just watch that than the whole of the episode. That <laughs> and the Lynn scene. <laughs> Again, you know. Whenever Lupin and his gang are on screen, you know, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say great, but no no, it's good. Uh, also I, I'm I, guessing that at, I'm guessing at the end, uh Finn, you know, listening to the uh recording, I wonder if that maybe triggered something like hypnosis related. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was how I saw it. 
good exit being it, it was kind of, I, it's kind of like in i don't know i i don't know how much uh, how much horror you guys watch but have y- y'all ever watched skeleton key i've not seen that yet with, no i think with kate hudson it's probably one of my favorite um not necessarily horror but but thriller films and how like it's basically um it's a film about uh hoodoo you know the religion in um right. in the south and um I know it's probably irrelevant to actual hoodoo practitioners, but in the movie, one of the incantations was on a was on a record device. And it, that's kind of what it reminded me of. It kind of reminded me how like the the power of of what Tomoe is doing is still is very potent that you don't need her physically in the room. You just, mm. you know, Ooh. you could just hear her and it works like I, I feel like this is something that has been used as a literary device in a lot of things. Oh yeah. Totally. So, which I also like is worth pointing out that uh, monkey punch used hypnotism quite a bit in his work. Mm. Well, it, it's, it's interesting Although you bring in that up because, way. well, no, it's interesting you bring that up because hypnotism was kind of like a new wave thing in the fifties and sixties. Right. And um, one of my favorite horror films also brought that also bringing up this one, Audrey Rose. It, it's, it's not horror. Like you think of it. it's kind of like um, how the, how the original exorcist film was. Um, so in Audrey Rose, it, it, it's a horror film about reincarnation and this girl around her birthday always has terrible nightmares of her former life and how she passed away. So in order to like calm her down and make sure she doesn't have these night terrors again, they hypnotize her. And I think this film came out like in the late sixties, early seventies. So it's like, it's around this time when hypnosis was like a really big deal and television shows and movies were using it as a plot device, Mm. even though it's not based in scientific factor or evidentiary support. It's all based on like, Oh, what's the word on speculation. I really like the notion of Tomoe, like whatever she's doing can like can manifest itself through tapes and recordings. Cause that pretty much means that like, you know, that they could open the possibility, you know, what if, you know, Tomoe's not actually alive anymore? What if she lives through the tapes, which therefore means we can pretty much, you know, end this whole Tomoe situation just by, you know, just gotta say the words. Klaatu Barata <laughs> 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 it's as simple as that i may not have said every single syllable <laughs> god if that turns out to be the case now i love this arc even more <laughs> but no but in all seriousness i i i i like i like that theory and and, and i i hope it does kind of swing for the fences that way and not continue on this path, this episode set up of being super, super grounded and depressing. And oh, yeah, this reminds me of stuff that happens every day. Thanks, Lupine. Feel great. <laughs> I want you to get away from this shit. But the whole thing, though, about our main villain being dead, you know, all along, that's something else the Fujiko series did. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is true. With the, uh, with the count, where it was revealed to end that, you know, he was dead all along. Well, before we go into um, any concluding thoughts, I will say that remember my speculation earlier about this, you know, the literary, the literary device about the unreliable narrator and how I equated Lupin's past almost akin to the Joker's past. The whole if I'm if I'm going to have a past, I'd rather it be multiple choice. Mm-hmm. Why Alan do Moore, I get? The joke. Yeah, the Killing Joke, one of my favorite Alan Moore comics. Um, yeah, honestly, um, 
it wouldn't surprise me if Lupin's memories of Tomoe are are not real. Like, you know, it it, it just wouldn't surprise me. It's you remember how like in, you know, referencing women call Fujiko Mine again, you remember how the whole the whole series in Lupin and women call Fujiko Mine, Fujiko keeps thinking these flashbacks we see of her is her actual past, but it was actually somebody else's. And then she, at the final episode, she remembers, you know, she's like, Oh yeah, that's not my past. I was coming into this house and using my sexuality to get what I wanted. That's really my story. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if Lupin's history with Tomoy wasn't a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it was just something she implanted in him out of convenience because it's Lupin the fucking third, you know, I I'd be intrigued by that. I'd be very intrigued by that. Like that, that could be an interesting because they, they also, they don't hint towards that, but the next episode preview kind of says something about like, you know, all these beautiful memories flood back to Lupin the third. Like, I, I wonder what, like if that could play, into that somehow like all these manufactured memories mm-hmm. that Tomoe has or him remembering like maybe those weren't real like maybe maybe he'll get the breakthrough that Anna or Mariel had not Mariel but like maybe he'll get the breakthrough that they had of like seeing through whatever Tomoe did to him because we've, we've this mm-hmm. episode establishes that Tomoe manufactures memories and will go to great lengths to like Make sure you believe some believe something that did not happen. So, doors open for that. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, this is just me speculating, and I and I know I wasn't the big speculator before, but that's how intriguing the storyline is to me with the speculations because I feel like these tropes have been done before. Mm-hmm. Hence, why all the examples, which is why I'm like, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I'd actually enjoy it more. Um, not than I'm already enjoying, and. You know, this is just a number of things, the number of possibilities. Plus, my other reasoning is all of Tomoe's children have been girls. Why Mm -hmm. is Lupin the only dude? That's that's a good question. I'm sorry. This is just me going, ding. (laughs) (laughs) Put your thinky caps on, kiddos. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know about that. We haven't seen any other men that have been tutored by Tomoe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it's what the, it's like the whole mission statement of this whole episode is. Well, we'll find out next week. <laughs> I guess. Maybe. <laughs> <It's kinda> like, <laughs> if we're lucky. If we're lucky, this will unravel with a satisfying conclusion. I am hopeful, but I'm also scared. <laughs> that's the, I reckon that's my that's my concluding thoughts. Pretty much as I'm I'm. I'm curious, but I'm worried. Same. I'm I'm basically like the kid in Mean Girls when all the girls started rioting. Um, mom, can you come pick me up? I'm scared. I believe the phrase you're looking for is cautiously optimistic. Which was what I said in the beginning. Cautiously <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> so on that note, um, Chris, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Furball. Uh, you can find me on various other places at Amazing Chris Godby. That's a G-O-D-B-E-Y. You can find my webcomics at 
weirdinacan.com and drawocoward.com. Hey, Natalie, where are you at? Um, <laughs> on this podcast, no. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at C-A-P-L-I-H-E-L-L-S-I-N-G, Kathleen Helsing. You can also find me on Instagram, though I'm, I rarely updated due to um, my master's program and also currently taking French um, French language courses. You can find me there too if you'd like at Captain, C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-I-H-E-L-L-S-I-N-G. And Drew, where can we find your socials and of course, our podcast? Well, you can find me <clears throat> on Twitter, at Drew Hunter 15, that's D R E W H U N T E R 1 5. You can find our podcast on Twitter at Lupin Pod, that's L U P I N P O D. You can find uh, our Instagram at the same at, and you can find our show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to our show on Apple Podcasts, feel free to scroll on down. If you're if, if you're if you're feeling up to it, you know, five stars, five star review. If, if you're up to it, if, if you're one of like Finn's room, if you're one of our two listeners, you know, feel free. You're like, you know, two five star eggs <laughs> would be very nice. We greatly appreciate it. <laughs> if, yeah. And of course, if you don't, we can always hypnotize you into doing it. <laughs> well, on that note, I mean, if it's possible, <laughs> I like we, to. I, I really got to stop that, my listeners. <laughs> well, no, you know, honestly, you know, we're, we're two episodes to conclude um, part six reviews. And after that, obviously, we're going to go back to our regular format. But I just like to say, you know, my favorite content creators love to make shout outs, whether because, you know, you pay that you pay, you um, contribute to their Patreon or just whatever. I feel like we do got to say some our hellos. I mean, obviously we mentioned Ian a lot because he is a friend of the show and a wonderful translator. Um, Lee, of course, from Lupin Central because, you know, um, keeping us up with all that real-time Lupin news. Oh, yeah. Um, And and helping us decipher episodes like this. (laughs) And also our other other good friends, aficionados, Chris and Lauren. Yeah. Um, Our good friend, Emma. Well, one of my besties. My other bestie, Katie. Um, hmm, whom else am I missing of? Um, Vinny on Twitter. Hi there. Hey. And, oh, yeah. Spare up on Twitter, too. I, I really did love your Lupin cosplay, by the way. So that's why I'm being so sweet. Oh, yeah. That was I'm great. So sweet. Oh, that was wonderful. Heck yeah. And Rocking that Lupin anyone I'm missing out, I'm sorry. We love you. <laughs> we, we love all <laughs> love you guys. You. Thank you all for, for being with us and for listening, no matter how goofy, zany, or serious we get. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we love you, even though we threaten you. Even <laughs> though I threaten love. you. I, I, yeah, I, I, I do. It comes from a place of love. Indeed. Indeed. And on that note, I believe we'll, we'll call it a night. See you, Lupontic folks. Good night. Bye. What they said. Semana.